We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 390 of the Win in Six podcast, probably a part of the Eurostep podcast network and the Blue Wire podcast family. I'm your host, Adam McGee, and joining me as always, it's my good friend, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, hello. Hello. How are you doing? Doing well. Where am I at? <laughs> I was going to get to it. You can't even hold it in for a second. <laughs> Wow, Jordan, I'll I'll just I'm gonna cut him off. I'm not gonna let him. I'm gonna tell you because he's there rubbing it in my face. Jordan is wearing his signature Brook Lopez giveaway hat. Um, how many? How many was there? Was it five thousand? Was it something like that? Ten thousand? Fourteen thousand. Fourteen thousand. Fourteen thousand. So that is about seventy-five percent to eighty percent of the arena capacity, right there. So they were literally, they were just giving these away, Jordan. And as I walked up to the table where they are giving these away, the um, usher, official, I don't know what you want to call her, said, these are the last hats that remain on this table. And I walked in at around 15 minutes before I ate introductions. So hey, these you, people, Steve, you these people tight, wanted though. these hats. That's cutting it tight. I mean, Brooke Lopez hat night, I'm there two hours early, Jordan. I gotta be honest, I'm I'm getting the first hat. 
yes, though. Jordan <laughs> is wearing his Brooke Lopez signature hat, Splash Mountain, Retro Bango, all of that good stuff because mm-hmm. he was at Book Spurs. We'll hear some more about that, I'm sure. Um, since we last recorded, the Bucks have done mostly what they've been doing all along, and that's win basketball games. They did drop one disappointingly, surprisingly against the Indiana Pacers, but even the Bucks have off nights. They've since bounced back with wins against the Raptors and the Spurs. And so here we are, 72 games played, 10 games remaining. The Bucks remain clear owners of the NBA's best record. They, as we record this, have a two and a half game lead on the Boston Celtics, a three game lead on the Philadelphia 76ers, And both of those teams are coming up not too distant future for the Bucs. It is almost the playoffs. The Bucs are very close to job done for the regular season. But they're coming into a crucial, crucial stretch. Um, They're beginning a run of five games in seven days. That run will end with the only home game of that spell as they return to Pfizer form and will play the Boston Celtics. And then coming out of that, they will also have a home game against the Philadelphia 76ers, first of the other side of that. So we've got Utah on the road, Denver on the road, Detroit on the road, Indiana on the road, home to Boston and Philly. And that will be the season, Jordan. I think that will be your regular season. That will determine what the books are going to be looking at as their path throughout the postseason. How are you feeling as we reach that point? Feeling good. Feeling confident. Um, Boston continues to ever source. Yeah. it's. I believe after we recorded last week and I threw out that they were not as good as they were and as crazy as that sounds. They're still a very good team. They're the second seed of these. I think they had a... I forget who they lost to. Was it the Rockets? Might have been the Rockets. Just a, some lowly team. I think it was the Rockets. That sounds right to me anyway. Let me let me check it, Jordan. You I don't think. follow East Coast basketball. Um, I follow Midwest basketball. They lost Gavin. to... They lost to the Rockets. Thank you for, you know, whatever was going on to kill time there. Um, they lost to the Rockets four, five games ago now, and then they recently lost to the Jazz too. So they, that was okay. That might have been it. Yeah. They're two not so stellar losses. The Danny Ainge Bowl. Um, yeah, I'm feeling confident. I, I mean, two and a half games with ten games to go. That's a good lead, but. Obviously, that could quickly <laughs> um, uh, disappear through their fingers with games against the Celtics and games against the uh, Sixers coming up. So, yeah, the Celtics are have some work to do. The Sixers and their MVP candidate, um, Joel Embiid, uh, are doing work to stay atop of everything. And... Along with that, I believe James Harden is going through injury troubles. It must be the end of March. (laughs) Um, So, 
yeah, I I don't know. I feel very good as much as I have been the last couple months. You know what I mean? You just want to finish this strong. That is where all Bucks fans lie, of course. And yeah. The Ides of March is not a, you know, James Harden, the Ides of March. Who could say? Um, yeah, look, uh, the things are kind of trucking along for the books in a way that I think we're all very comfortable and uh, very confident with at this point. And yeah, it is just about finishing out strong, staying healthy, finishing out strong, keeping your eye on the prize, which by all accounts, that's not an issue for this team right now. They seem very, very motivated to really have a strong finish um, to put themselves in the best possible position and to go and make some noise in the playoffs. I know we've had a Pacers loss thrown in there since our last episode, but I am slightly, you know, a little bit more so even Jordan, more confident than I probably was a week ago. This team just looks really ready for playoff basketball and for any test that's thrown at them. Um, There are good teams in their conference. There are good teams out West. It doesn't mean that there's anything even close to a foregone conclusion about this postseason, but the way the books are looking, they are certainly going to be a team that are going to be an incredibly difficult out over seven games. And I think if if we were a podcast covering the Celtics or the Sixers or even anyone out West, I think you would certainly look at the books as a benchmark. If you're in the East, I think you'd feel like, well, if we can get past the books, we should win a championship or we're in a very good chance. And I think if you're out West, you're saying, well, if it's not the books coming out of the East, if some team beats the books, well, that's a really serious team, a scary team. We're going to have to take seriously. They are something of a benchmark. Um, Greg Popovich actually had some good quotes on the books after that Spurs game, um, which I think, Obviously, there's different reasons. There's different elements. There are books, spurs, connections. Um, we know the books have desperately wanted books, spurs, connections for quite some time. But even beyond that, of course, we've got Bud. And Bud as Pop's longtime assistant. There's going to be good feeling there. But after the books thoroughly dismantled his young San Antonio Spurs, Pop said... Quote, I would love to be able to play them every night. It would be great for our young kids to see how it gets done, how mistakes are made, and what is important. I doesn't say stuff like that very often about a lot of teams. Um, And before the game, too, he was bigging up the clear culture, I guess, that you could see with the books. Books culture, Jordan, is real. It's real. Again, they wanted it for so, so long. They uh they talked about it and they talked about it and here we are a real life thing. So with all with all of that, I think with each passing game, the books are truly solidifying their position as to me the clear favorite for the NBA championship. I don't believe I'm going to double check now. I don't believe the odds makers have moved there yet. Um, which honestly seems a little off. Never tell me the no, odds. No, I take it back. The odds oh. makers have. They have. Okay, made. tell me the odds. The books are the favorites to win the NBA championship. Ooh. 
they have uh, moved pretty comfortably past the Celtics, and those odds are, could possibly shorten even more as the season finishes. So the money has started to come in on the Milwaukee books. We are not the only ones feeling good about this team, Jordan. That is true. And that is true of Jimmy Haslam as well. Um you think that's the Jimmy Haslam effect, that money moving the line? I think I think so. A lot of people being like, they've got that Browns magic now. Oh, yeah. Um, instead of House of Highlights, House of Haslam, H-O-H. <laughs> um, I don't know what that meant. I don't know. Does that either. matter? Does that matter? Um, yeah, it's pretty good to put all your money in on the best team in the NBA. That's my... I know it's crazy thinking these days with how NBA discussions are had on online places. Um, <laughs> but that is where I stand. Uh, the Bucks have been pretty good for a while. And yes, did they leave a bad taste in some people's mouths, depending on how bad the loss of whatever game that they may have watched in December and January? Um, yeah, but this is a totally different team than that. how that was. <laughs> That was a that was a stand-in team, even though Giannis and Drew and Brooke were and Bobby and all these they were still there. It's it's a vastly different team as I kind of thought to myself at the game last night of oh yeah, like half the players, I mean a lot of them weren't playing last night, like Jay Crowder, Myers Leonard, um, Goran Dragic, who still I don't believe has even played. He's getting close, it sounds like. Very close. close. Very close. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe the Jazz game. I mean, that's, yeah, Jazz or Nuggets game. One of those names is are going to be a, um, a rest day. That's not the one you want him for, though. You want him on the full strength game where he's not going to have to play too many minutes. Well, I believe the, the injury report that... The earliest injury report. As well, we the Jazz talking. game will be the rest game. Yeah, yeah, he was out. Um, but do you want to do you want to give a do you want to give a flavor of that? Or no, go on, continue. We'll hold on because we'll we'll look ahead to the games coming up in a little bit. Um, where was my point? Why am I losing my point? God, I had a good point. Original question: What was this about again? Bucks are really good. First team in the East. I don't know why I have my hand over my eyes. I don't know. I'm trying I'm, to remember this. I'm I'm honest, Jordan, and I'll say all I can remember is Haslam's House of Highlights. That's, yes, that's the last thing. That's I can my remember. new Twitter account. Haslam's House of High or has whatever it is. Um. Oh, this is going to parlay into the one seed, one seed discussion, because we have a Bucks player on record. Talking about wanting the the one seed, which is not the flavor of uh, conversation of the last couple of years, including the championship year. Okay, well, I'll let you get into it. I don't know if you have the quote ready. I have the um, quote. I'll let you get into the quote, tell us the quote, and then we can discuss maybe... Do you want to guess But also, from? who said it? Well, I know. You told me before we started. So it'd be great if the yeah. listeners could guess. We don't know that. That... that, that... <laughs> Listen, I again, I'm nothing if not honest. So, you let the people know who the coat's from. 
I think we won it. This is okay. Sorry, this is from Bucks guard Grayson Allen. I think we won it. I think we want the one seed. Even like after the All Star break, it's been super close between the, really the top three teams of the East. So it's not something we obsess about. M dash. We're not checking it every day, every game. M dash. But I think we're definitely aware of it. I know as a group. I know we want the one seed. I don't doubt Grayson Allen um, in saying as a group we want the one seed. But I do also think coming from Grayson Allen, it probably means a lot more to him than it does to some others. Um, But I mean, that's not a bad thing. And they're, they're kind of interesting dynamics to have. Uh, that actually reminds me of, you know, the conversation, Jordan, that you had with one Mr. Uh, Mr. Bobby Portis recently, you and Rowan Cotty. For anyone who hasn't checked that out already, what? You, you just need to go back one episode on the feed. You can hear Jordan and Rowan talk to, to Bobby Portis. Um, I believe it was you, Jordan, who asked, if I'm wrong, correct for you, let's give Rowan the credit, but I, who asked Bobby about, you know, it, was he aware, for example, of what the most regular season wins in his career was? Rohan. And it was Rohan. Okay. Yeah. Rohan, I'm tipping my hat to you. I haven't got one. Jordan certainly has, though. Um, <laughs> that idea of, was he aware of that? Is that something that kind of starts to creep up on the horizon? And I found his answer interesting because he wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm locked in on trying to, you know, reach a certain number. But he also wasn't dismissive of that. And he was in the typical NBA player way, able to recall them pretty quickly. A lot of his other seasons and the things went wrong. And you're like, yeah, this kind of thing matters to a lot of players. So Grayson does strike me as someone who, given his time with the books and what he has and hasn't experienced yet, he's probably like, yeah, one seed. I want that. I, the vibes I get, the way they're playing, makes me believe it. Yes. Uh, but it, I think it is one thing him saying it. And another, if... if Like, Giannis is just not going to come out and talk like that at this point about the one seed, because he is fully bought into we're trying to get better every day, and it's a, ga- a game at a time. And what in Giannis' case, I, I don't think it's even like an insincere way it's purely just that is how he approaches the game and getting better yeah there there are between the core four now um even throwing like someone like wesley who was on what looked to be one of the best bucks teams ever before you know the pandemic really kicked in um they have experienced this thought or this pursuit of going for the one seed at all costs and everything like that. Grace Allen, this is his fifth year, played for plenty of teams already between the Jazz, Grizzlies, and Bucks. Um, and yeah, like he was on some, I mean, those are good teams, they weren't like overwhelmingly number one teams. Um, the Jazz is probably the closest one, honestly. Uh, but then again, he's not playing a significant role for that team. He was, you know, a rookie and a sophomore or whatever 
however it shook out. But yeah, like it does matter where it's coming from from a guy that is pretty I don't know. It's not it's not obviously Giannis, Chris, or Drew Brooke talking about this, but Grayson's a very much like I want we want to show that we are the best team in the in the league. I want to be able to say that I was on a number one team in the East and or number one team in the NBA, frankly. Um and do all these things and couple that with, you know, going after a title and everything like that. So yeah, like I, I think that does matter where this um opinion is being floated out there. It would be a little different if it was yeah, or I should say I totally agree with you that it's not Yana saying it who's you know, key phrase is always like build better habits or whatever. Mm-hmm. Build back I, better. I believe it still though. To my, I'm not. I'm not saying that to no, undermine it to the point. I believe yeah. it. I just. I do think there's. Um, there are certain guys in the team where it's going to mean even more to, and he is one of them. And let's also factor in. I mean, we're seeing the books. Uh, something we're saying for a long time now. We're seeing the books get healthier and have a wider range of options and we've seen some starting lineup changes and in some of those lineups we've seen grace and alan back with the core four and uh, i think we would have had the questions i remember you and i having a spirited discussion earlier in the season about who might start i'm gonna be in a crossover pod with ty as well definitely um but maybe since then i i don't know we might have even revised that further um are seeing some other options they could take, but it does seem like it's going to be Grayson's spot. But that's still not a guarantee, and there's so much competition there, particularly with Jay Crowder around, that Grayson is the kind of player, too, where a lot to play for. A lot to play for at this time of the season. You have a lot of stake along the line. You want the playoff minutes? You want to really shore up your position in a rotation? Because I think particularly if you're someone like Grayson, if we're to assume a deep books playoff run, yeah, there might be a series where Jay Crowder gets your spot and they decide to start Jay Crowder. So then can you do enough that even if that's going to happen matchup wise, that you're still seeing meaningful minutes off the bench? I think there's, there's a lot there for Grayson. I think there's probably a lot there for someone even like Bobby Um, Pat Connaughton and his ups and downs. We're seeing some signs of more ups and that's encouraging, but that needs to happen for him right now. Like, we could go on and on. You've got Javon, you've yeah. got... Are they gonna... Is West gonna factor Joseph in? Ingles. Like there's been a feeling. Joe Ingles. All of that is kind of up in the air, where you've got a lot of guys, and it feeds into the conversation we had in the last episode, where it's the just the, the sheer quality of this book's roster has opened up something else in terms of their dynamic, where internally... The competition has to be fierce. Like, as oh, much yeah. as they're a united group and everything that's coming out of the books at the moment is all very, very positive, guys are having to really fight to have a chance of seeing the floor. And it's easier for everyone to be on the same page doing that when the carrot that's being dangled at the end of this is a really great chance at the championship. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to play out. Where's your confidence level at on the number one seed? It's 
they're in a very strong spot, Jordan. But there are those two games against the Celtics and the Sixers where even though they're at home, wouldn't necessarily take much to drop those two games. And if that was to happen, the whole thing could flip on its head. And then it would become, okay, well, are you going to slip up anywhere else? I will say the schedule is pretty kind to them overall. Um, You've got the Nuggets at a point where the Nuggets are far from their most formidable. So if, for making the trip to Denver, there's maybe not a better time in the season this year that they could have gone to play the Nuggets in Denver. Not a place that the Bucks have historically enjoyed themselves, um, nor is nor is Utah. So the next two games are are normally kind of bad news for the Bucks, although they've been fighting back against that trend in recent years. I think the other the other game that jumps out, and we're going right towards the back end of the season, and a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on there at the moment, Jordan. A lot of uncertainty, a lot of drama, but the Memphis Grizzlies is the other game where you're like okay well that is a good team with a good record mostly though there's a lot of winnable games here and there's celtics and sixers sandwiched together in the middle yes three of the four toughest games remaining so celtics sixers grizzlies all at home nuggets is probably the last tough road game i don't know if you want to give me a percentage jordan but your confidence level that the Bucks will be the number one seed going into the playoffs. 80. In part, so you talk about all of the, the Bucks remaining schedule, and that's ultimately what matters most. But I'm on Tankathon right now. The Bucks have the ninth highest strength of schedule in terms of winning percentage. So their opponents that they have remaining. The 10 opponents that they have remaining uh, have a combined 52.1 winning percentage. Number one, with a strength of schedule of 56.7 winning percentage, opponent winning percentage, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, they played the Bucks. They played the Celtics. They play the Nuggets. They play the Nets, which that's really tough. They play the Heat. They play the Suns. Uh, but they even that's a, the toughest opponents according to Tankathon. Their easiest opponents are again per Tankathon. The Raptors, who are in the middle of the play-in spot, and I mean, yeah, they're not a great team, but thirty-five and thirty-eight, they're going to take some games. Um, Atlanta, again, another kind of chameleon team where they fire their coach midway through the year and are kind of. Try to retool as the season is going on. It's kind of up and down very clearly. And the protest, stop protest too much, Dallas Mavericks. Um, yeah, so that is Philly's schedule. Um, plus, I think someone else. Um, Boston ranks 16th. They have the Bucks, they have Sixers, they have the Spurs. They have the Wizards, they have the Pacers, they have two games against the Raptors, they have one game against the Jazz, who they already lost to, and they have one more game against the Hawks. So, I think my opinion more so stems in where this Bucks team is. I don't think it's going to be a perfect end to the season. I do think, as I 
you have alluded to or even said as much, I'm already forgetting. Um, but rest will be had for key players, especially with how the back-to-backs are occurring and um, all that kind of stuff. So if I had to put a number on it, put a record on the last 10 games, this is what comes to mind. Seven and three. Mm, 59 wins. I know. I want 60. We talked about it last week. I, I do feel like eight and two is probably the mark I would put on it. Um, I think they will win at least one of those Celtic Sixers games. And honestly, it's still going to be at the point of the year where they won't have put their feet up just yet. They might just want to go and win both of those games. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Not in the way it's showing your hand. We know how late season games seeing potential playoff opponents work. Um, But it would align with the mindset of this books team and even how they've kind of reassess their view towards whether the number one seed matters or not. If they're like, you know what? We might see the Celtics. We might see the Sixers again in six to eight weeks time. Let's, let's leave a marker on them now. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like considering some of the performance, I mean, we've seen a, a pretty bad performance um, in a, high-profile slot against the Celtics this year. They might just want to do that. They might just feel like, you know what, that would be good for us to to really kind of show what we can do, give them a little bit of a reminder or something a little bit different to carry with them. I mean, they've also, other than opening day, they've lost their last two to the Sixers as well. So... I would not be surprised if we see at least one of those two games won. And if that was to happen, I don't know where the losses are going to come from. Because the interesting thing, I don't think either of us are necessarily assuming this is going to be full strength, full go books for the entirety of this spell. But again, their depth is ridiculous. And you could rest one of your core four, two of your core four here or there and have enough in reserve to come in and go toe-to-toe with the Jazz and the Pistons and the Pacers and the Wizards and the Bulls 
and come out on Pulling top of those games. Pulling down. They're going to lose at least one of the Jazz or and or, or, or one of the Jazz or Nuggets games. Okay, altitude will, loss. Altitude loss. They will lose the last game of the year because that is against the Raptors. And the okay. Raptors will have a lot to play for potentially. Exactly. I'm just telling you right now, guys, book it. And then... Devil's advocate. Devil's advocate, right? The Raptors yeah. will have a lot to play for, right? So I think the book should win. I think the book should go out there. I no, mean, like, we don't look, stoop to their you guys, you, you guys are too bad for us to have a chance. They're the only, you know, we talked about PJ Tucker's Kill Bill-esque list when he uh, ran through all his former teammates of the playoffs to win a championship with the Bucks. <laughs> the Raptors have just been too shitty to give the Bucks a chance to exact revenge on them in the postseason. So the next best thing would be ruining the Raptors' final day of the season. I all I will say is we will not stoop to the level. That is everything I will say. And then I don't know the th- where the third loss is coming, according oh, okay. to my prediction. So you're saying be a, two. I don't know. The Pacers Pacers look pretty good against them last Thursday. Well, look, the Pacers are a team who have a lot to play for. They are they are pushing the Bulls and the Raptors for that. That is true. That final playing spot. So, uh, so as Wizards. do the Wizards. I mean, honestly, I'm saying this is an easy schedule. These are teams with stuff to play for. This is an yeah. easy schedule pre-playing game. Um, how motivated are the Wizards currently? Two and a half games back to try and push for that playoff spot, as opposed to having better lottery odds and having a chance to get Victor Wembanyama. I mean, that's maybe another factor we'll see as it comes down to it for these teams. Is it the is it really that heartbreaking, Jordan, to miss out in the final day and be like, oh, that one or two games we could have got a playoff revenue in the play in? Um owners might trade off this go year. the spoils. Or to the losers, really. But yeah, I appreciate the pun. Um Will we do the thing that I know you hate to do? Will we talk about the yes. MVP? Again. Consensus seems to be that Joel Embiid is now the leader in this race. Um, it's funny that's the consensus because Embiid really did feel like has been third to fourth, fifth on this list over a lot of the season, which probably wasn't actually right i think there's maybe some oversight a lot of people's part like going back to the time of year where it was like oh jason tatum is that's i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get started in jason tatum i promise i'm not gonna, gonna leave that one alone but it seems like sixers on a 9-1 run their last 10 games probably being the most credible threat to push the books for the one seed right now and also maybe the most credible threat to Pushed them in the Eastern Conference to challenge them on their way towards the finals. It seems like Embiid is the guy. Nikola Jokic, his defense, which is, uh, we'll say, a source of conversation, contention. At the best of times, 
has supposedly fallen off. I say supposedly because Jordan, I haven't been watching. Um, but from people who've been watching the Nuggets, that seems that seems to be the impression. And of course, the Nuggets have taken more of a dip more broadly, five and five in their last ten. And that leaves Giannis where he's been for most of the season, which is at number two. Um, it seems like whenever a number one drops off, a number three on the list is found to leap up past Giannis to that top spot. This is a tough one, because I do think at this point, Giannis has missed not an insignificant amount of time. He may miss more games coming in, just with how the books will approach this. But he is undeniable, and he's looking about as good as he has ever looked. I think, Jordan, I think this is going to be decided on Sunday, April 2nd, a Pfizer form, book sixers, MVP on the line. I think if one of Giannis or Embiid comes out, has a signature performance, and a win in that game, I I genuinely think that's it. You'll You'll win over a lot of the narrative voters. You'll just kind of seal it one way or another. Obviously, it can't just be that. Giannis can't take nine games off to rest, for example, and play in that one game. Um, yeah. But I, I think if both guys kind of play the vast majority of those games and play as they have been playing, a signature performance in that game, for me, I think could swing this whole race, which is honestly seems kind of stupid um, for how much a lot of people talk about it, for how long throughout the season they talk about it. But to be fair, this is a legitimately very, very close and competitive race. So something like that could make the difference. Are you are you on board with my theory on this? Do you have a theory of your own as to how this might be decided? Where are you at on your beloved MVP race? Um, I definitely understand and take your point well. Um, that will be a big game and I'm sure people will be very measured in how both of those players play and how that game shakes out. It'll be a TLC game, trophies, ladders, and chairs match. Um, I was I, I when I started describing it, I does have a feeling of and we know Embiid loves Yasso's wrestling too. Yes, can they do? Can they hang? It's a bit heavy. If it was to fall, someone might die. Honestly. But could they, could they dangle the MVP trophy from the rafters? Like a money in the bank situation? Exactly. Exactly what yeah. I'm thinking. Um, I think Pfizer is equipped for that. Um, Perch one on top of the backboard on each end. And if one of them can grab it on a dunk, you know, offhand grab the MVP trophy, it's yours. Mm. Mm. I mean, that, that would be a very... Uh... I think that would bring the people out, especially in Milwaukee. I think people will be fired up for that. As far as MVP talk is considered, and I see it in my in the bushes. I see the people fighting, bickering. In the bushes? In the bu- well, I'm like, appearing. I have my binoculars. Are you in- oh, you're in the bushes. Yes, I'm in the bushes. That's uh, okay. Because I'm, I'm not a part of this conversation. I see all the people... There's a massacre. Just bo- you, all you these paint sides. a certain image of yourself if you're in the bushes with binoculars. Sorry, it's not what I meant. Um, 
I see all this fighting. I see someone Paul revering of the, the Nuggets Twitter is coming. Nuggets Twitter is coming. And then just, you know, I think they're, ah! they're not coming. They're like, they're I know, but this is, it's been brewing for, for a good while now. And every revisionist history is a car just was fast, very loudly. Revisionist history has made this like the most contentious MVP debate of the last while. And that's just simply not true. Uh, I remember how it was when Russell Westbrook eventually won the MVP race and it was between him, Kawhi Leonard and James Harden and granted it was not different fan bases uh, with all those teams but it was certainly everybody evokes strong reactions. I I think this is I think this is worse. I I think this is worse. I don't think it's The discourse was more civil back then and I think the the conversations took place in a slightly more high-minded way than we're now seeing. No, I'm not saying universally. I remember Rocket's Twitter is hard and all of that. I will say personally, I think Rocket's Twitter was right to feel aggrieved. Um, But I think that one side going after another guy has leveled up. And honestly, it, it may have come from kind of the aftermath of that and Giannis winning over Harden as well. Like, that's kind of the spiraling and how Rockets Twitter then reacted to that one and how Harden himself reacted to that. Like, I, I think that's been the progression of it that builds to this. I don't think to be so engaged in this, and I think those who are most engaged in this just naturally you end up in the mud it's it's impossible for anything otherwise and it fuels something but i i i think this is worse i just think i think discourse has devolved jordan since then i think oh of course worse now than we were then um even though i yes i i agree generally and that was contentious for like some similar reasons i think that's a an mvp race not that you can map the candidates onto each other, but in terms of how close it was and being able to make really good, credible cases for the guys, there's similarities with this year's race. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's, it was bubbling and brewing and then a shitty former NBA player appeared on first take and, uh, you know, put out a, you know, just I don't know a nuclear thing of of just making it. Think. I don't. It's just who was that? The, do I know? Oh yes, yes you do. Come on, tell me. I don't. I don't know. There are perks to watch oh. the first take. I guess was this this week? No, this is way back when of of whatever this was. This isn't this season you're talking about. This is this season. This is maybe like three weeks ago of his. Oh, I don't. I don't know. Him I mean, and JJ Redick of uh, going. Listen, back Perk's always saying stuff. I know, but it does symbolize this intersection of where everybody stands. Of like the so much of of in my point of view of seeing this from afar is about if you. If it's not your favorite player, if it's not the best player on your team that you watch every night, you quickly denigrate them with 
pointing out their big flaws. Um, which in Giannis's case is he has no bag or whatever thing it is, label. And Bede would be he's not healthy when it matters, and we don't know if the Sixers team is actually the best team in the league, which is fair, but I think they're this is probably the best Sixers team we have seen in quite some time. Um I'm including when they were the one seed in the East too. Um I I see where you're coming from, but let's see some playoff games. Agreed. Agreed. Because the playoff games of the past is what has you shading so heavily against those teams. And yeah. until we see this team do otherwise, the same factors could come up for them. Yeah. And then the Jokic thing is just you know, it was just a non-starter that Giannis would win his third MVP in a row because of what happened the previous two years. And it's very valid. And then the Bucks actually won a championship and kind of blew up that theory. <laughs> if you felt good about where the Nuggets are now this recent or this recent slide notwithstanding, you would say, is Nikola Jokic deserving to be like it's not even about him winning this year's MVP. It's about do we really want to give him the, you know, is he the third player that would have won? Uh, yeah, but that's like. It's not even, an, my point it's is. Like it's like being the award. This. Let's just get rid yes. of the award at this point. Like it, exactly. Because that is not what the award is based on. The award can't be. I mean, we had these conversations when Giannis was falling fell to that. But it's like the, that can't be a factor. I mean, you can make whatever case for or against Jokic you want. That isn't it. It's like, yeah, that's a weird historical precedent. But you can't yeah. not do it because of that. Sometimes weird historical precedents also happen because, you know, the NBA is different through the ages. And there could be times where it's easier to win three in a row and times where it's harder to win three in a row. Now, in theory, I think this should be the latter. Um, and maybe that's what bothers people. Well, I just think this... I, I I allow me to make a cross sport comparison. So in the in the Premier League, in English football's top flight, Jordan, English soccer, whatever you want to call it, um, there are two end of season awards that are pretty prestigious. They do not attract anywhere near the commotion, the hubbub that. MVP draws. But you've got the Football Writers Player of the Year. Which to me is essentially equivalent to what MVP is in terms of its its journalists from around the country, Thanks. select number of journalists. NFL would be Associated Press MVP yes. of the Year. Yeah. So, so that feels, okay, so that's one. And the other one is the PFA Player of the Year award. PFA being Players, Players Football Association, so like the MBPA. At this point, I think why why do we not just do away with MVP? <laughs> um, because it might be more interesting. It might save people a lot of energy, a lot of time, and you know, some of their mental health at least, to not have to debate this like this and just save the debate for okay, let's see who the writers think should win, and let's see who the players think should win. And then when they're probably inevitably different, as I think they might be. Let's talk about that and let's see what that's reflective of. Now, I know player voting in the NBA has not had uh, 
<laughs> All-star ballots generally don't do favors on that front, but I do think this is slightly different. I don't know. I just it's it's reached a point where it's like MVP isn't even we're not awarding it based on even with the the previous conversation used to be the one that everyone used to always have. Are we giving this guy MVP because they're the most valuable player or because they're the best player? And I, it's like we've actually even moved away from that and there's more noise and more outside criteria that kind of come into it. I think you're hitting into my ultimate point with where how frustrating it can be to talk about the NBA at this point. Because as we live through or currently live through it, it has not changed. If anything, it's getting worse and you know, or whatever. Um, so much of when it comes to big award cases like MVP, like Defensive Player of the Year, but it's not the same. These things that like you have worthy candidates, and if you look at all three of the players that we keep talking about, they're having historically great seasons. Like it, it's fine to say all those things and think that one player is better than the other, even if it's so slightly. But the problem is, there's two problems with it for me, is that you, or the the consensus is, when you hand out an MVP award for a regular season, you expect that to be validated in that player leading his team to a championship. And that's just simply not the case. It's even with things getting warped with, in light of, you know, in recent history with Russell Westbrook winning it with a, I think a fourth seeded Thunder team that won 46 games and stuff like that. It was an incredible season, impressive feed and all that stuff, but it was not the, it's not the traditional way of how you look at MVPs and, you know, the whole resume. But there's just something about wanting that validation that yes, we gave it to the the worthy player because it eventually paid off in a in a championship and all this stuff because nothing else matters than championships. And it's like, yeah, like I part of it going experiencing both sides of this of like seeing Giannis win back to back years, it will never, you know, you to in my lifetime will never see Buck seasons as great as that. Maybe this one. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know what I mean like from an individual player um and what that meant and everything like that it's just because the buck season didn't end in a championship either of those years doesn't sully how I thought of Giannis even when he didn't play his best basketball when it mattered most that much is clear but beyond the side of the championship of going through the hardest one of the hardest playoff runs and uh, mind-numbing losses and all these things, and then to see Giannis emerge, put in historical performances and all this stuff, like we are lucky to have best both of those or experience the best of both worlds, where Giannis has won two MVPs and has won a title, and anything from now on is gravy because he's established himself as one of the best players to ever play in the NBA. Um, but. It's just this thought that every year, and it just like we, it's not that we're going to learn from it because no, we won't. But so much in basketball is about 
how we feel in the present has to be rewarded in the future. And it's like, no, there's only one team that wins. And a lot of the times, if you go through NBA history, when the NBA grew into a stronger league and all this, all these things, like it does not matter that you give the, the MVP award to a guy that, you know, you think is going to win a championship. It's hard to do both of those things and have it stand up in the history or the test of time. So like, that's where it's like, we look so much towards like, Oh, this is how it was when MJ and then blah, 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 Larry bird. I like, I'm rambling at this point, but like, that's where my frustration of like just this payoff of everything has to be the right choice because it's going to eventually matter and or lead into championships for whoever we pick. And it's like, just look at evaluate it in that way of, do it which i know a lot of people are but i I don't know yeah i i get your point i also i just think the the part of the problem with the award is the league has changed and it is it's not like when larry bird is winning it that he didn't have to worry about magic johnson or julius irving or you know like the competition is there yeah but the depth of superstars is fewer. Yes. So, yeah, you might have to worry about a couple of all-time greats that could come and take your MVP away from you. But you're maybe not having to worry about 10 different guys actually being in a conversation for that award at some point in the year. Or it being in flux in the same way it can be now. Um, you also didn't have to worry about every person in every part of the country having an opinion about the race. And I mean, I'm not going to say an informed opinion, but an opinion that is, has some information or even the slightest semblance of, well, I saw this clip on Twitter last night and this one the night before that or whatever, like that was not a factor. So at that time, if you're Larry Bird, and you're putting up incredible numbers and small number of people who actually really are deciding it being, you know, journalists, national writers, beat writers, the people who are seeing the games in a way where no one else was quite meaningfully being able to cast their eye over the entire landscape. It's a lot easier because no one is going to trash your case or put together a counter case or your one game is not going to tank it in the way that that can happen now. And so I just think it's it's moving away from, I guess, what its essence was, because I guess the idea for MVP being an important part of the NBA landscape is it's history. And you and I don't push away from the importance of history argument very often. I just think it's being awarded now on different criteria with different considerations in mind to its history. And that makes it tough. That makes it challenging. Now, I don't think either of us are hypocrites. If Giannis has a great final 10 games a season and wins MVP, we're going to be really happy for him. It is still a big deal. Yep. Say, oh, I'm now a three-time MVP as two guys in this race have a chance to, or if it's Joel Embiid, say, I'm an MVP. Like, your your entire legacy changes by winning one and by every additional one you win from then on if you're so lucky. But I, I think the old-fashioned yardstick element of it where 
Wilt won this many, or Michael Jordan won this many, or Larry Bird won this many. That doesn't hold up because we've just polluted the water so much. It's it's actually yeah. less about comparing the players from era to era as comparing the noise around the conversation around the players. And yeah. how, how people get influenced one way or another over time. So, yeah, MVP. I do, to go back to my point, I think that game could decide it. Because, again, it's how narrativized it now is. It's If one of those guys can have a big signature play, signature performance, and they come out on the winning side, that could do it. That really could do it. If that's the case, Jordan, you and I will be in the building. Mm. The whole GSPN crew will be in the building. But that's how you know it's a truly momentous occasion. The, the whole <laughs> GSPN crew. Uh for the first time, maybe for the last time, who could say? Schedules are not easy uh, across the globe, but we will all be at that game. But a week, well, I mean, I guess by the time people listen to this, I will be a week away from jetting, jetting out to the United States of America, Jordan. Getting ready to take in some brewers action, some books action, meet up with listeners who, uh, graciously kindly replied and are going to come to our watch party i'm i'm getting excited what are your expectations for the book side of this jordan what do you think my uh let me let me get out in front of this i have one concern about pfizer form a place i've looked forward to visiting for many years that's the piece of shit blue court that they just can't seem to change we need we need some real hardcore capital J journalism to go on here. Everyone knows there's a problem with the court. Everyone knows because we've been seeing this blue court for like a month now, if not more. We need answers. And better than answers, Jordan, we need solutions. Cause I just I can't bear to think of finally getting to Milwaukee to Pfizer Farm, see my beloved Milwaukee books. I'm watching them up and down the floor on a blue court. It just feels wrong. So, have you got any any thoughts on uh, on how I'm going to receive the Pfizer Farm experience? On how you're going to enjoy the Pfizer Farm experience with the whole gang? Oh, I'm going to enjoy it. Even uh, Eiffel 65 court be damned. Like, uh, obviously, the I am the novelty factor here because of the distance of traveled. Closely followed by Andrew Snyder. Also, you know, greater distance to come. But you, you haven't seen a books game with any of the people involved, any of the GSPN crew. I met up with Rohan. You met him at a game. Time. Yes. But you you weren't seated with him for a game. No. What it, what does it look like when Ty Windish sees Jay Crowder switch on to uh Jalen McDaniels in person? What does it look like when What does it what does it sound like when Rowan Cuddy is watching a game in person in the building? What does it look like when Numak spots his favorite candy at one of the concession stands? I don't know. <laughs> 
Are we making signs? Are we? What are we doing? What are? What are we? Uh, you seem like a sign guy, so I don't know. Uh, I saw the sign. I can only assume I'm gonna have like a, you know, eight minute mark of the third quarter. Uh, Zora or Melanie's gonna come up and sit beside me, and I'm gonna do an in-game interview. You know, like a, like. Well, a this pro. brings me my my question. Um, they totally forgot about and now you just kind of like jarred it loose in my deep within the recesses of my mind you're coming to milwaukee you're going to an undisclosed amount of bucks games no we can disclose the amount of bucks <laughs> okay games. we're going to two bucks games we don't have to give rows and seat numbers but we we oh, cannot all i will be at as you will you'll be with me at both of them um yes i'll be up Book Sixers and Books Bulls, and I'll be taking in a couple of Brewers Mets games. I feel like your number one goal, aside from seeing the Bucks clinch the number one seed, preferably over the Sixers, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I feel like your goal, though. For this mm-hmm. to really elevate this Milwaukee trip, as lo- it's been in the works for a very long time, you want to see the man, the myth. Is that even a man? Right. How do we make this happen? Do we put this video out, or I don't know, <laughs> to make sure that Bango sees this and that you get a picture with Bango? Because he's a hard, he's always he's walking everywhere in that arena. He's not he's not one to sit down. He's doing a lot of things, and a lot I, of those. I hope I hope he's court. not sitting down. Honestly, it would defeat the purpose if he just took a seat, soaked up the four quarters, and then went down the tunnel. You know that's that's not going to do it. You've got to work the crowd. You got to work the room. It's a big room. Um, listen, I just I think the universe has ways of working, Jordan. It it will just hopefully bring Bango and I together. If anyone anyone listening, Bango, maybe Bango's Bango, Bango, Bango could be listening. Um, if anyone, uh, if if you are Bango, I mean, we've got we've got a lot of questions. You're welcome on the pod if you are Bango. Um, but if you are or you know Bango, listen. Let's see if we can let's see if we can make this happen. I'd like to meet Bango. Mm-hmm. Bango's my guy. I'm a big fan. Jordan Jordan made the mistake of being like the number one thing that Adam wants from this trip, aside from the books clinching over the Sixers. No, I I just I want Bango. Bango's number exactly, one. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Bango's number, number one. two. Listen, the, the books. If the books have to be the number two seed, so I can meet Bango. So be it, Jordan. It'll be fine. It'll all work oh. out at the end. <laughs> I'm prepared. There's trades uh... I'm willing to make here. Um. Yeah, Bango. Anyone who knows Bango. Pointer, maybe Pointer listens. He could get us in touch with Bango. Reach out. Uh, let, let's set this up. Anything else? Any other thoughts? What are the thoughts? What are the thoughts do I have? Oh, well, you do have something that we can't forget to do. Otherwise, you'll shout at me. Because we forgot Did to I... do it. Did, did I may, maybe have forgotten when we were doing a rundown? 
We forgot when we were doing a rundown, but that's not generally an issue for you. Jordan, this week, have we got any have we got any contenders? Do you know off the top of your head? Had you got anything? I'm doing my quick perusing of the Mike Dunlap tweet or tweets of the week. I last week is hard to chop. Chop to top. Um But I think he listen. He was watching the tournament. That's that's definitely tournament. A, definitely a factor here. Um, I there's a lot of very wholesome, and sincere tweets this week. Obviously, feeling yes. grateful. I think I think I got one. Okay. Tweeted March 21st, 2023 at 2.15 p.m. With it's Okay, it starts off with a Dunlap staple. If you ask me, why did you move so much and not stay put with your career? Growth. Opportunity. Avarice? 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 Avarice. Avarice. Stupidity, tunnel vision, risk, change for change's sake, narcissism. <laughs> I think yeah, he missed. Narcissism. Yeah, that's that one isn't on Jordan for listeners. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or narcism. He doesn't like narcs. That that could be it too. Narcism. That that's not a word we're starting to know. Um, narcism, all of it. Tapestry of good. Dash bad dash luck. Lucky to be a buck. On March 19th, he also started to tweet with, if you ask me, (laughs) if I went to your team, no coaches present except for me, and ask them their number one job, take care of each other. When? When a teammate is hurt, suffering, struggling, show attention, kindness, concern. That said, sometimes watch over but don't enable. Now, that is an interesting tweet, Mike Dunlap. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling I know what direction that one might be pointed to. Um... Yeah, I don't think he's a game this week. No. He's got bigger things on his mind. One seed. Getting you to connect with Bango. <laughs> He's trying to... You. Know, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this as an exclusive. Mike Dunlap is trying to get down to the nitty-gritty with what's going on with that green court. He's searching warehouses. Someone needs to. I mean, this is ridiculous. I want the Bucks injury report to include the home court for home games. I, I am surprised there hasn't been like an official PR statement at some point. It's the kind of thing that like is not a. I believe the one there was one. I saw one tweet. About... I remember yes. seeing a tweet. I think that's as, as about as good as we're gonna get. Why are they treating this like they treated Brooks' status last season? Mrs. Bango. She's buried, under, she's buried underneath the floorboards. 
What if it's a half a style thing? What if that that's I'm trying to get to meet Bango and you're telling Sorry. me this is Bango. That's not how we do it. I meet Bango first, later we invest. We can scrub Bango. this part. No, it's too late, Jordan. It's too late. All right. Cut cut. This is getting unhinged. Um I say getting, it definitely started unhinged too. I think we found our footing in the middle. Thanks as always to all of you for taking that journey with us. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Eurostep Podcast Network, home to all things Milwaukee Books. If it's not Win and Six with Jordan and I, it is Eurostep with Simon Dish and Ron Cotty. I don't I don't know when our next Win and Six will be. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. So we're playing a book spots, but we'll have to see. We'll have to work all that out. I don't know that we managed to get something when we're in person. Who knows um, what may drop on the feed. Maybe my exclusive interview with Bango. But just be subscribed. Be subscribed. You'll get your books fixed one way or another over the next couple of weeks. Same applies for your Milwaukee Brewers fix, cruising for bruising. We are motoring towards the start of the Brewers regular season. A week to go. Exciting times. Brewers baseball is back. If you're ramping up your own Brewers interest, if you haven't really been in on the offseason, maybe you've taken a couple of years sabbatical from the Brewers, or you're like, you know what? The Brewers, I want to I wanna be in on that team this year. Perfect time. Come across cruising for a bruising. Listen to Andrew and I talk every week, multiple times a week throughout the season about the Milwaukee Brewers. Talk of the Tundra. Home to all things Green Bay Packers. Mr. Jordan Tresky, Mr. Numak. They're waiting for the other shoes to drop. One of these days, one of these days. Oh mm. dear God! One of these days, it may drop. It may drop from the sky. It may crush us all. Quite more of a moccasin at this point. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely. We'll see what happens when news breaks. <laughs> Jordan will be on hand. The cheese signal goes up in the sky. Jordan fires up his equipment, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we'll find out what the Brewers' future looks like. What's not to love, Jordan? What's not to love? Make time for this. Our podcast for pop culture and other things. Uh, most recent episode, we're hitting real, you know, core interests for all of the GSPN listeners, Jordan. Andrew and I talked about the films of Hirokazu Korida and his latest, Broker. Korida is the best. Go listen, go watch some Korida movies. Hey, that's pretty much it. If you've never done it before, check out Repod. Join Repod.com forward slash GSPN. You can listen to all of our pods, all GSPN pods, all of your favorite pods more generally there on a great app. But you can also chat up with fellow listeners. Talk to creators, the hosts in our case. You can go to our room on Repod. You can post in there. You can post under any episode. Share your thoughts. We want to hear them. I think that's it. I think that's everything, Jordan. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you.